Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? Well, Eric, uh, I think all of my uh, classes, certifications, and all that garbage that it takes in uh, today's world to coach at the high school level has been completed. I tell you, I mean, if uh, coaches had to do this uh, 20, 50 years ago, um, Bobby Knight would have never been the coach. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have passed the background I mean, check or he wouldn't have wasted time doing all this uh no uh just the way uh let's put it this way anyone who is probably over the age of 30 and, and played a sport uh, at the high school level probably has had a coach who uh for better or worse um did some things they wouldn't be able to get away with today and but uh, actually uh you know it it's a good thing because the, they, they mainly focus on, obviously, the safety of the student athlete. You know that from being a teacher. You know, everybody, you know, they, you know, it, it's no more, oh, coach, you know, I'm kind of dizzy. I right, sit out for five minutes and get back in there. You know, now you got to, you need a note from the Pope uh, in order to get the, the, the <laughs> um, athlete back in, which is good. And obviously, this has all come about because of, situations unfortunate situations that have happened to student athletes over time so yeah uh the days of uh you know run the hills until you puke are over with uh because we've got to worry about overextending our athletes so hopefully uh now that i've uh, gone through all of the certifications i can save a life via cp cpr and use the aed and all that other good stuff uh, and now I only have about 10 more days before the first practice. So, um, looking forward to actually doing coaching. So, uh, long answer, longest answer I've ever had to the, how be you, uh, but glad, glad to be back, be part of, yeah. part of the reader's cup, but I, I, I don't understand. You guys must've had a bang up uh, show yesterday because I got emails from Pfizer and Moderna. <laughs> And J and J, Ricola looking for sponsorships. I, I don't know where that came from. Did you guys talk COVID or what was the deal? Yeah, well, our potential Ebola survivor over here, Chris Otto, made it through the night. Uh, he's guzzled down a bunch of tea, apparently, and he sounds much better today. We were worried about him. So he's back to analyze the Saturday races for the Breeders' Cup. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. I'm ready to go. Eight hours of sleep and plenty of and Ricola helps a lot. All right, also, well, glad to have you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that too, Chris, because as usual, and how busy I've been, and the fact that we have to go through eight Breeders' Cup races, the three of us, um, it would be uh, the equivalent to an audio of uh, War and Peace. So <laughs> let, let's, let's uh, kind of do uh, what I do best, talk very little, and just add some strange opinions after – Eric and yourself uh, in the meat and potatoes part of it. So without further ado, I'll turn it back to Eric to get us rolling. All right. So we're going to go over each of the Breeders' Cup races for Saturday. 
November 6th at Del Mar. And we start with race four, seven furlongs on the dirt, the Philly and Mare Sprint. And Chris, I guess I'm going to start with you. My question is, Gamine or not to Gamine? That is the question. So what do you think? It is not to Gamine because I've been waiting a year to bet against this <laughs> since since she cost me a lot of money in last year's Peter's Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. No Lasix, kind of runs quicker with her head, cocked to the grandstand. Sometimes she switches lanes, sometimes she doesn't. She she kind of lugs out. Ooh, it, she's a different filly without the Lasix. And, you know, her last win, she had that big 104 buyer, but, boy, she got she had everything her own way. It was a speed, very speed ferry racetrack. The inside was gold that day on Traverse Day. She got away with very slow fractions, and, you know, she did her business. She won. But today she's not going to get that. You know, Bella Sophia, the connections already said they're going to go. And if Gamin has to go with her, with Bella Sophia, then you have Edgeway too on the inside. I think this race sets up perfectly for a horse coming from off the page. So it's no Gamin for me. All right. And I kind of agree with you. I mean, listen, Gamin could win, of course, uh, but she hasn't run as fast as last year. Is she, a question would be, and I know your answer, obviously, is she just, is it just the case that she hasn't really had to go fast? So her speed figures haven't been out of this world because she hasn't been forced to run fast or she's just not as good. And if she was six to one, I would take a chance, but at three to five, two to five, maybe less, even uh, I'm taking a stand against this horse as well. If I lose, well, what are you going to do? We move on to race five. So Chris, both of us are taking a stab against Gamine here. Uh, there's one horse that I prefer, but I'm probably like in the, I haven't looked at the early pick five, but I'm guessing in the pick five, I would probably use uh, the three horses who I think have a shot here. Uh, against her but there is one i definitely prefer what about you is there one horse here that you like or or is it a, a couple yep i prefer i i prefer the four cc um she got she was beaten she was beaten by gamine two races back in the bat arena but while gamine got away with those slow fractions on a gold rail and a speed framing racetrack cc was the one compromised by that by that double bias as well as a slow pace and then last time out in a prep race she just overwhelmed her she just overwhelmed those outclass rivals you know she has the speed to actually sit a good pocket trip behind those two two or three leaders of edgeway where joel rosario decides to go and if you know if she gets that that perfect trip in third or fourth behind those two or three horses i think you can see cc just blow right by them come the quarter pole so for me to start five horse field i'll single the four cc well um in the same boat as you. We had some disagreements yesterday, but we're going to start off on the same page. And you told us why, so I don't have to. That Apple Blossom win she had, I don't know, 10 races ago uh, when uh, at Oakland, that was last year in the spring, that really kind of cemented me as a CC fan. I, I thought she ran lights out. I thought Ollie's Candy ran even better maybe, but uh, I like both of them. And then I didn't really follow her that much because she ran out in tracks that I don't bet. I don't bet the West Coast that much. I'm not really ever betting Churchill Downs other than Derby Day. So I haven't really seen her that often until she came back to New York. And you spoke about how there was no pace. So definitely CC would be the one for me. I'm hoping Bella Sophia, like you said, puts pressure on Gamine, which will soften up Bella Sophia as well. I think Bella Sophia, listen, she might be a great horse. I don't know. But she also had an easy lead in the race. It was basically a merry-go-round race last time. So I downgraded Bella Sophia's last race. Maybe she's that good. I don't know. There's not many horses here. The second horse I would use... Uh, would be Edgeway. So you spoke about CC. 
I don't love Edgeway, and it really depends on the trip here. If Edgeway is the one who gets in a duel with Gamine or tries to go, then it's going to hurt Edgeway. So I'm hoping she can sit third in the race, kind of close behind them, and, and I'd actually rather she wins than CeCe maybe for the price. But uh, I upgraded each of Edgeway's last two races. And two back at uh, Los Al, maybe you remember that race, Chris, being on the West Coast there, but uh, she stalked or dueled Gamine, which, you know, to me, she was coming on. Well, it wasn't much of a lamp, but she was traveling out to the West Coast. She um, did some of the dirty work in that race, but she wasn't any match for Gamine. So I upgraded her race, but she would have to improve a lot to beat Gamine. Uh, last race, I thought she ran a little better than it looked. She dueled a five to two shot, uh, stellar sound. I don't love Edgeway, but I think she's improving. She's a four year old. Uh, and uh, Joel's great jockey is usually pretty patient. So I can see him sitting just behind the speed. So I'm mostly CC here with a little Edgeway. And it's possible I throw in Bella Sophia in the um, in the pick five. Chris, you want to add anything before I throw it to GQ? Uh, no, you know, short field. This space was decimated by the scratches. So we can move on to see what GQ has to say. GQ? Yeah. Not, nothing to add uh, race-wise other than it's interesting that Gabine has uh, nine, nine wins at 10 starts, has earned over $1.6 million and still hasn't paid for herself because uh, she, she cost $1.8 million at the 2019 Basic in Maryland sale uh, in May of 2019. I am thankful for the scratch of Estelle Talentoso. You know why? So we don't have to hear Larry Colmus's poor ass uh, Italian accent like he did every time. <laughs> Vino Rosso ran down the street. We, we won't have to hear Estelle Talentoso. So thankfully, uh, that, that, that's the good thing about this five horse field uh, and the scratch. So we can move on. All right, so pretty pretty short field there. We touched on almost everyone except for Proud Emma, who I don't think has a chance, but maybe if the race falls apart, it's peace. All right, we go to race five, and my question for Chris to start race five, can Lieutenant Dan be beat? <laughs> what do you think? I know the answer, but go. <laughs> okay. So I've been hearing about this horse, by the way, everyone. I've been hearing about this horse, not personally. He might have he DM'd me about it, I don't know, but just seeing his Twitter over the last, like, Three months, I think he's uh, in love with this horse. So, go ahead, tell everyone why Lieutenant Dan's going to win. Yeah, so Lieutenant Dan, he's going to run like Forrest Gump come Saturday in the in the Beers Cup Turf Sprint. I can tell you that much. Okay, so this is a horse that just loves two things: sprint, one thing, sprinting on the turf, and especially here at Del Mar, this horse is a monster. You know, that race, two races back in the green, in the green, in the green flash. I mean, they dueled head and head for their lead. And then she, he just drew off to win easily in the second fastest five throws on the turf this meet. And then last time out, they went down the hill in the ADD stakes. And she was part three wide and three horse speed duel. The two horses that, she, that he dueled would finish eighth and ninth. And this horse, you know, even though it, it was a diminishing margin of victory come the wire, I mean, six and a half is not the same as five furlongs. So, and then the way this race sets up today is that you're going to see Ira Ortiz with Golden Pal go straight for the front end. The only other speed in this race is going to be Lieutenant Dan. So you're going to see Giovanni Franco get this horse out of the gate, draft in and stop Golden Pal. And then once Golden Pal starts, you know, 
you know, dwell, you know, starts weakling on the front end, you're going to see Go Lieutenant Dan get the first run on um, Golden Pound, the rest of the closers. And also, you know, on this turf course, so during the summer meet, 23 of the 40 sprints going five rounds on turf here at Del Mar were won by horses that were first or second at the first pace call. And that's where Lieutenant Dan's going to be at come Saturday. So at a minor hint of a price, I'm, I'm in love with number with Lieutenant Dan in the in the Breeders' Cup um, turf sprint, which is number he's number four. Correct. The only thing is they blew it by not uh, bringing out Forrest Boyce to ride the horse. That would have been <laughs> sealing the deal. But uh, yeah, you know what? Listen, nothing to do with Chris. Seriously, it has nothing to do with that. That's my top pick too. Um, we we handicap somewhat similarly. Similarly, that's a tough word to say quickly. Uh, Chris and I in. I think we both like I'm putting words in Chris's mouth, but from the times I've talked to him, it seems like he believes in this too. Horses who duel on a lead, especially when they duel like favorites or good horses and those other horses fade. We really like those kind of horses coming back because chances are they won't have to go through that again. They did all the dirty work. It's very impressive. I've used analogies like, you know, if you sprint against Carl Lewis in his prime and get tired late, that's much better than if you kind of stay back and kind of suck up late uh, and pass the guy you tried to sprint with Carl Lewis. So, um, I'm on Lieutenant Dan for the same reasons. My only reservation is I just don't think he was running against as good a horse as last time. So while he dueled on the lead against the better horses in the race, I, I just don't know if this is you know such a big step up. But I don't really love anyone that much in the race and I'm that scared of. So Lieutenant Dan, definitely my top pick. There are two Euros I want to use and uh, one American other than Lieutenant Dan. And I'll start with the American. Uh, and that's Gear Jockey, who I know is one of the favorites. So nothing uh, shocking here. But... This is a horse that I followed in New York and I've really liked a lot. And since this horse has shortened up, he's run very well. Two back in the Troy, I upgraded his performance. He got a 99 buyer and I upgraded that. He started two to three lengths slow in that race. And typically he gets out fine. So uh, once in a blue moon, he might not get out. I think two times out of 10 or 12 races. So that's not typical. So he spotted the field two or three lengths. When you go five and a half furlongs, that's not easy to overcome. Uh, he really lost all chance and he closed okay. You know, he didn't wasn't ever a threat in the race, but he closed pretty well considering the start. So I upgraded that 99 buyer. And last race, I loved him at Kentucky Downs at five to one. Uh, he stalked a three to one shot. Uh, he won easy. Listen, he had a good trip. I actually downgraded his buyer slightly. He had a really good trip, but he won so easily. And I think there's more in the tank. The knock people are going to have on him is the five furlongs. But you know what? He ran five and a half furlongs, spotted the field, a couple lengths. He ran really well. I don't, listen, I don't see it as a huge problem, the five furlongs. Uh, so I'm on gear jockey, but definitely Lieutenant Dan one gear jockey two. And then there are two euros, but I don't want to steal all the thunder. Um, Chris, I'll go back to you before we go to GQ. How about, is there anyone else you're interested in, whether you're playing underneath Lieutenant Dan, it sounds like you're just going to single him and move on, but uh, any other horses in the field interest you at all? Yeah, I'm going to be using two horses underneath last year's defending champion um, glass slippers. But the one I'm interested in most is my second preface is going to be, Number two, Amarata Anna, who last time out won the Sprint Cup at, at Haydock, but that was going six furlongs. I think this horse is much better going. Um, I think this horse is much better going five furlongs. When you look at the race, two back against at York, where he actually finished in front of um, Golden Powell, finishing second. So he's drawn inside. This horse does have some type of positional speed. He doesn't need to be too far back. So I think with, you know, with post two, I think you might see this horse draft into a pocket trip somewhere in fourth or fifth early down on the rail. 
And, you know, I think this is the horse that is going to love this trip going five furlongs on, you know, on turf, carrying less weight and, you know, going to get some of the best horses, you know, in the Darty, you know, the Northrop and the Sprint Cup back in, in Great Britain. So number two, Emirata Anna is actually my second preference in that turf sprint. All right. The two Euros I prefer, one you mentioned, Glass Slippers, um, who won this race last year. Now, last year was at five and a half furlongs. This year is at five furlongs. Again, I, you know, I prefer the five and a half for her probably, but she basically runs in Europe at five furlongs. I know it's different the way they run the race in Europe with less pace up front, but um, I think Glass Slippers has a good shot here. Uh, I upgraded both of her last performances. So if you're listening to other podcasts or people saying, oh, Glass Slippers, she's not in the same form as last year. That's hogwash because she's running probably better than she was running last year, in my opinion, going into the race. Now she got a great setup last year, so who knows if that's good enough, but um, two back, uh, she stalked a very strong pace, uh, a three to one shot who was on the lead faded to 10th and then a long shot faded to last, but the two speed horses faded. She was in third and was like the only speed horse to hang around. So I like that race pretty much uh, for her. I upgraded that performance two back. And then last race, she got off to a slow start two to three lengths, which will kill her in this spot if she does. But um, she really had to work to get to mid pack. She sat next to, uh, she ran next to a case of view once she overcame that bad start and a case of you obviously finished stronger, but the fact she had to overcome that start, she probably ran just as well as a case of you in a case of you is the other horse that I like from Europe. Uh, she ran pretty well last time. I actually downgraded her performance two back, but I thought she improved or he, I'm sorry, improved a lot last time. And this is a three-year-old who's improving. I think um, was Diso thought good setup, but not much movement. Oh, he was flying late and there wasn't much movement. So basically in the last race, a case of you ran with glass zipper. There was a, a big speed duel up front and the, the uh, speed faded some, but the, once they got in the stretch, there was like no movement, but a case of you made up a lot of ground. and was flying late the last couple of furlong or the last couple of strides. So I thought a case of you finished so strong in that race. And I was very impressed with that effort. So um, I probably put a case of you a little above glass zipper, but I'm really interested in four horses here. I said, Lieutenant Dan, gear jockey, glass slipper, and uh, a case of use. That's the one, the four, the six, and the 10. GQ, I'm done on this race. Why don't you offer your uh, insight and I'll let Chris wrap it up when you're done and we can move on. I, uh, I heard something earlier today. I haven't been able to get all the details, but regardless of the details, the end result certainly is, is an eye opener. Uh, the Del Mar turf uh, this five furlong distance, I want to say over the past uh, few years, maybe it was just this past meet, but the host position one and two accounted for 41% of the victories on this turf course. So that says something about uh, the inside and uh, need for speed. Uh, Glass Slippers won this race from well off the pace. That was five and a half furlongs last year. It's a half furlong shorter. Uh, not sure if uh, he, she's going to be able to get that same trip. So uh, going with the trend of 41%, I'll land on the two uh, Amer Ameradi Anna with Adriana Atzini aboard. Uh, this horse seems to just continue to get better. Uh, a five-year-old gelding that uh, last year was uh, competing in grade two, grade threes, took the uh, winter off as uh, all the Euros do because of the racing shuts down. 
came back in mid July and after a rough uh, start and just a kind of a, a, the darling July grade one uh, came back and has performed very well in two grade ones. I think the horse continues to get better. And so I'm going to go with the two. Uh, correct me on that pronunciation if you can, Eric. Emirati Anna, I believe. Okay. Emirati. Emirati Anna. Yes. Or uh, Emirati, like you said. But... Gotcha. Um, one thing I'll point out now, everybody just looking at the form looks like it's a golden pal, Lieutenant Dan, going to the lead. And I have on good information that the eight horse Caravella will probably get sent uh, as well. Everybody's going to look at the, the race at parks and just poo poo that effort. But uh, uh, it was basically a, a swamp or quicksand, as they called it. So, yeah, she's still taking a huge step up. But she might have something to say about the pace, the early pace. Aravel is probably the horse out of all the horses on the two days that I think has zero shot of not finishing last. <laughs> I, I am so against. Listen, she's forty to one. You're gonna get forty to one if you like her. Go for oh, it. Wait, There's a no, I remember Dominic and I went back and forth on, and we followed her. She, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm not picking the horse. I'm pointing out that she could be part of the pace scenario. The gate's going to open. She's going to be 10 lengths back because she's not fast enough. But we'll see. You might be right. Who knows? Um, hey, Chris, Bobby, oh, Flay, Bobby Flay wants like 20 seconds of excitement. So they're they're telling um, All right. uh, Jose, just go. Act like you're Kendrick Carmouche in, in New York and send. Bobby Flay doesn't the care. the most overpriced food ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Bobby Flay is just there for the party and wants uh, to get mentioned. Well, you gave him a mention if he's listening. Uh, Chris, before we move on, uh, I just want to, I mean, we should talk about Golden Pal. We didn't mention her uh, or him, I'm sorry, for a few moments. But I assume you're against Golden Pal for the same reasons I am. So tell us why you're not betting Golden Pal here. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, with Golden Pal, it's always been, oh, this horse is blazing fast. Okay, so the only time this horse went blazingly fast was in the Northrop Stakes two races back where Amarada Anna was finished in front of him. And this horse really had no excuse because the horse who won that race, Winter Powell, was sitting second chasing Golden Powell. So instead of Golden Powell going on with it, you know, inside the last eighth of a mile, he actually just gave up. You know, he actually gave up the race late. And it was on a firm turf course that you would think that, you know, yeah, he should like. He did it, and he just quit finishing seventh. And the one thing about it is that this horse has always gotten relatively easy leads on the front end. He's not going to get that come Saturday. This is not Kentucky. This is this is not going to be Keeneland where he's going to be able to get away at a seven, a, a, you know, a two seven horse field where he gets everything his his own way. He's not. So as I always said, you know, there's a difference between California speed and Midwest and East Coast speed. And Golden Powell is just Midwest East Coast speed versus the speed that Lieutenant Dan is going to dish out. So that's why I'm against Golden Pal. And another horse I'm against, too, is Kamari. I mean, when you look at the horse's form, you'll say, is how come this horse is not running the Beers Cup Fitting Amer Sprint, considering that the horse won the Grade 1 Madison at Keeneland back in April of last year. And now it shows up here knowing that he's, she's going to be sold after this race in a basic tip-in sell after, you know, after this race is over. But this is the wrong race for Kamari to run in. 
is that this horse should be not in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, but in the dirt sprint for against Gamin. Yeah, I wonder if they realized there would be a four or five horse field. Maybe they would have went. But um, yeah, I, I like Kamari. I've always been a fan of Kamari. It's just tough off the layoff here. I assume the horse will be ready to run. Uh, I'm not against Kamari, but definitely not one of my uh, preferred horses in this spot. Uh, the only that's really it. I think we talked about most of the players. I don't know. We didn't mention Fast Boat, who you know has a shot here. I don't love. Uh, I I can really see just about anyone winning this race, save for two or three horses like Caravel. But um, you know, probably one of the more wide open races in my opinion, which is nice for Chris that he's very short in that race because it's always nice to be short when others are long. Is there anything else, or uh, are we ready to move on? Don't we can move on. All right, race six, the Breeders' Cup Dirt, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, and in this race, similar to many others on the card on Saturday, there's going to be a heavy favorite. And once again, is this a heavy favorite? We're going to try and beat Chris. What say you? I will. Okay, so um, the one thing about um, life is good, which is going to probably be your overwhelming favorite on ninety percent of people's tickets. In the early pick five and any multi-race wager is, well, this horse is the fastest horse early. Um, I don't think so. It's because I'm I'm gonna go back to the well and I want to bet number three, Ginobili again. Because Ginobili was good for me at Del Mar during the summer meet, and I'll bet him back again come the Breeders' Cup. So that race, two races back, when he won by almost 10 lengths, earning a 104 buyer. The fractions, 21.94, 45.21, Those were the fastest fractions of 43 races on a fast-made track at, at a mile at Del Mar this past summer meet. And the final time was the second fastest. Then they shorted him up. Pressed, he actually pressed the pace outside of a um, one-dimensional speed horse by the name of Brickyard Ride, dueled that horse to, to defeat who finished last, and then he went going away defeating CZ Rocket, who was the king of Ar- who was the king of Oakland sprinting, you know, this past winter. This horse has always run well fresh. And that's what they've done with this with Ginobili this time around. He's training superbly at San Luis Rey down according to the you know, the owner, Stick Casado. So drawn inside, if if they just if life is good decides to go to the front end, I believe that Ginobili can sit second. I do not believe that he's going to be one-dimensional and has to go straight to the front. I think that Ortiz will be able to send life is good early. Ginobili will have him clear. And then you'll see Drain just sit second and get the first trip over with Ginobili. So, boy, I'm going to single three races in a row to start the Breeders' Cup. So, number three, Ginobili is my other single on the card. All right. Well, this is scary because we, we're thinking alike here. Um, I'm against life is good, too. I'm usually against these big favorites. I just hope I'm right a few of the times, if not all, but even a couple. Make some money. Uh, this is a horse I was looking forward to betting against in the Kentucky Derby. Everyone was talking how there's the greatest horse in Secretariat, and he never faced any <coughs> kind of pace pressure. Now, maybe he's that good. I don't know, but he never faced any pace pressure. He got off the, the Baffert uh, diet plan, which is not you know, something that's uh, usually good for horses comes back, runs against Jackie's warrior, who obviously is as good as any sprinter in the last several years. And, you know, it's impressive to lose by neck to Jackie's warrior, but he really wasn't under that much pace pressure in the race. Uh, but he ran fine. And then last race, I actually thought he had a pretty easy, well, he definitely had an easy lead again, similar to Gamine. Could he have like run a lot faster if needed to and push probably how much faster? I don't know. But if he is put to a pace pressure, 
I think he's very vulnerable as a favorite here. He's never really had a duel big time. Again, that, that race against Jackie's Warrior wasn't a duel. Jackie sat off of him for a while and kind of let him do his thing. And I'm on Ginobili too. I won't repeat the reasons you said, but I upgraded both of those last two races big time. That mile race he ran, which this is two back, was a monster effort. Yeah, it was only against allowance foes, but monster effort. Uh, so that, that race... Ginobili's two back was better than any race on the paper for anyone here, in my opinion. I know people think I'm silly with uh, the numbers that life is good has put up. So I'm, I'm on Ginobili big time here. And the only other horse that I really have any interest in using probably is the one Silver State, a horse I've been against every time. This horse has gotten perfect trip after perfect trip after perfect trip. Even in the Whitney, just kind of saved ground, sucked up. I was not impressed. But two reasons why I like him. I thought he improved a lot in his last race. That was the first race where I actually upgraded him. So not only did he get a higher buyer speed figure, but where I downgraded the ones before that, I upgraded his 104 last time. Uh, it doesn't, oh, it says poor start. He hopped at the start. Uh, I wrote about a one and a half lengths, it looks like it cost him. Uh, and he looked like a winner in the stretch. Like he blew by, um, not blew by, but he passed mind control. It's like, oh, he's going to win. I almost stopped watching the replay because I forgot about the race and I forgot he lost. And I'm like, oh, all right. So he won. And I'm like, yeah, let me just play through. And then mind control came back on him. So I don't know. Maybe the horse just also doesn't like getting the lead too early. And I upgraded the performance because of the bad start he had to overcome. He could get a great setup here. I figure if Ginobili does go at Life is Good and it's a big speed duel, Silver State's going to benefit, and he's good enough. And if not, Ginobili's going to win, I think. So uh, I'm on the 1-3 here. There's a chance to, like, pick fives and stuff. I go a little deeper because I just want to beat life as good. Uh, but most likely, I'm just on the 1-5. The I really don't like eight rings on the outside. I guess the horse can win for Baffert, but I downgrade each of eight rings' uh, performances for either getting easy leads or really good trips. So uh, I'm against eight rings. I would not use that horse. I don't think the Japanese horse has a shot. I really don't know. It's just a guess. But I'm not letting a Japanese horse win a race like this before I take any. I know a lot of people are talking them up a little bit. But to me, when I saw 12 to 1, 10 to 1, 15 to 1 of the Japanese horses, I was happy to throw them out. Uh, so I'm 1 3 here, and uh, that's mostly it. So, uh, GQ, are you ready uh, for us to throw to you before we go back to Chris? Yeah, sure. No, I, I, I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, you know, I think it all hinges on if Ginobili is the better horse. Is he able to just, you know, be it, you know, let, let life is good, go and do his own thing? Because I don't see anybody else going out to press. And like you said, Eric, I mean, life is good has had things all of his own way. And it, it's going, it, it's tough to, to knock him, especially when, you know, he lost to, you know, the all world Jackie's warrior who, you know, runs a 108 and change it parks geared down the last 16th i mean that's that's some serious uh running and in, in the fractions that he put up at saratoga early i'm not saying i like the horse i'm just playing devil's advocate if ginobili is, is, is ginobili going to be able to beat life is I, good if life is good is allowed to dictate the pace i think ginobili's better i think personally i know people are going to laugh but i'd rather have ginobili and the only way he loses, I think, not the only way, but he loses if they get in a big duel and then I got Silver State to close up in case that happens. So that's my opinion. Chris, do you have any answers to that? Yeah, so I think that it's all going to hinge upon the break because if life is good does clear off this field, Drayden is not, Drayden is not going to you know, go head and head with the early lead. 
because in the first in the first quarter of a mile when that race two races back in the allowance race at Del Mar, he actually was sitting third behind. He actually sat third, three wide, chasing two other speed horses who ended up finishing far back in the pack. So I think what you're going to see in, in this race is that he's, you know, you're going to see Drayden literally just allow life is good to go to the front end. And then he's just going to play. It's almost be almost like a match race where he's not going to be any more or less than two lengths off life is good throughout until they hit the, until they hit the far turn. And that's where the road money will begin. And, and you know, I, I have no idea what these Japanese horses will do, but a lot of them have led in their comments. So they showed speed sprinting going six and seven furlongs. So maybe one of the Japanese horses just goes at a suicide pace and keeps life as good company. And Ginobili can sit off of that. And that would be a really, really awesome scenario. So we'll see what happens. Anyone want to add anything on this race? I'll, I'll just add, you know, Snapper Sinclair seems like he, he's been running forever. And I saw a little video, video on him uh, from the Breeders' Cup, you know, where they show the workouts and stuff like that. He he really looked on the muscle. I mean, he, you know, obviously it's going to have to take his career best in order to, uh, you know, do something here. It's going to need a little pace breakdown. But, you know, he, he looked pretty good and. Uh, you never know. And eight rings, you know, what, what do you think? Uh, eight rings, just, you know, no chance. Well, I mentioned that no I don't like the horse. I downgraded his last two efforts, but Chris being a West coast guy might have a different opinion. If you want to share Chris. Yeah, no chance. So <laughs> that race, so in the being Cosby, that horse was in a blanket finish with Dr. Shivel where like five horses were like separated by a half length at the wire in a lowly rated being Cosby. And then, then two races back in the pad of Brian when Ginobili won, this horse sat right off the two dueling leaders of um, Ginobili and Brickyard Ride and then was under a heavy urging just to keep up around the far turn and then he backed up in the lane. And then last time out in that two to five win, I mean, he got everything his own way. He was able to set a moderate pace and that was a day October 2nd, which was inside speed the whole that whole day at, at Santa Anita. So even if he breaks, He's not quick enough to even challenge life as good or Ginobili, you know, through the first half mile. So eight rings to me is a throw out. Okay. All right. Well, for, for the record, uh, my official pick will be uh, Silver State. I, I just like how he's a game horse. He, he always, uh, you know, br brings his A game. And he got a huge number uh, in that uh, last race where he had the poor start. And like you had said, Eric, it looked like he would, he uh, was going to win the race, but kind of like you said, maybe uh, Santana just needs to time uh, it perfectly. And I'm sure with uh, the speed up front, uh, he'll he'll have no problem trying to catch either Ginobili or Life is Good. So I think we've beat uh, this race uh, far enough that we can move on. And Santana got the monkey off his back, I believe. Today he got a win. So second race today, Del Mar. Yeah, so if you're worried about that out there, you can still worry if you want, but at least he, he got a win. So if you do like any of his horses, it's probably better than if he didn't get a win. All right, we go on to race seven. That is the uh, Philly and Mare turf. It's for, um, or it's going uh, over the turf, obviously, for a mile and three eighths. Sorry, it's so small I couldn't see it. I'm getting old. Uh, this race, I don't know if it's necessarily wide open. The morning line is pretty wide open here. There's no standout. Where almost every other race, we have like a heavy favorite. This one, we don't. Um, I, I don't have a, a great opinion here, I don't think. So there's about 
four horses at least I want to use, if not more. Uh, most of them are Europeans. The only American who's the only American, um, actually, my top four picks are Europeans, I think. So, uh, Chris, before I talk about the Euros, if you don't talk about them, because I did watch replays, I'd like to share some info. Uh, why don't you tell us what you think about race seven? Yep. So I'm, I'm like you, Eric. I'm an all-European guy. But the one thing I don't understand is how is how is warlike goddess the seven to two morning line favorite? I mean, like, okay, this horse has won four to five starts this year with one bad race to begin the year in a very one at Gulfstream. But then this horse has just beaten up on my sister Nat, who's just a great three winner at best. And now, you know, now coming up against some of the now, these are the very good European Philly mares that are shipping into Del Mar for the Philly mare turf. So when I saw Warlock Goss at seven to two, I just said, there's no way this horse will be seven to two. I mean, this horse will probably be a lot higher than five to six to one because the Europeans will just get hammered in the betting. I mean, my top three horses are going to be Love, Tarnarwa, and Love's Only You. Those are, I mean, I just, I just said, give me the best Europeans who face Mischief and, you know, that's it. So I just said, I said, circle the best three Europeans and move on. I think you, you misspoke though. You said, uh, Tarnawa is not in this race. Did you mean someone else? Oh, Adaria. Okay. I thought so. Just, yeah. just checking in case I do that all the yeah. time. Don't worry. Um, yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. I mean, listen, couldn't Warlike Goddess win? Of course she could win, but there's a horse who got a hundred speed figure last time. If it matters, but save ground, like you said, against a weaker field. I don't know. She has to improve here and maybe she can, but I thought her race two back in the Glens Fall was actually better than her Flower Bowl last race. So to me, if she had improved last race, maybe she takes another step forward. I just, I don't see it. Again, she could win, but she's probably not going to be on my tickets unless I just want to survive this race. But with some chalk in the other legs, I can't imagine that's going to happen here for me. Um, I'll give out uh, a couple who I'll give out. I'll talk about a couple of the Europeans, just why I like them. Uh, I'll start with Odaria who I'm a little concerned about the extra distance, actually. She won this race last year to mile and a quarter. I don't know if she finishes all that strong at a mile and a quarter that I love her next race, that I love her going to Mount Rance. But I will say I upgraded her last race significantly because it was a hot pace for a European race, and it really favored closers. In fact, I might butcher the name, but Rougier, what number is that, the four horse here or something like yeah. that? Yeah, the four Rougier. I downgraded Rougier a lot because Rougier closed into a pace that really set up for closers. So I upgraded Odaria a lot in that race. Uh, and that puts her again right there with the best of them. So I definitely think she has a shot. I wish it was a mile and a quarter for her, not a mile and a three-eighths. And I wish she had a better post, but um, definitely has a big shot here. Another European I like who also is not really a price, loves only you, who Chris mentioned. Uh, this is a horse who, like you said, ran against Mishrif, who is a, a monster, has run very well. I didn't um, her last race, I upgraded a lot. First of all, it was off a layoff, so she, she might have needed it. Maybe it was some kind of prep. I, I really don't know the details, but uh, had to make a very wide move and was off the layoff last time. She didn't beat necessarily as much as she ran against in the races before that. She was 45 in the race, but uh, she definitely raised a big chance here. Uh, and then finally, the um, well, two more I just want to mention quickly. The, um, the six, Love, who has been uh, running also in good company, as Chris said, um, I didn't upgrade her last race. I think she actually had a pretty ideal uh, setup there. So I'm not in love with love, and I prefer the other two I mentioned, but definitely love is a shot here. And then finally, Akinella for a price, the three horse, if the morning line is accurate. 
These are horses whose speed figures, if you go on the time form rating, are slower than the others. But she is a three-year-old, so she could be improving. And I upgraded her race two back at Kara. And last race, I upgraded a lot at Leopardstown. Uh, and the reason was she was last. As she began to close, she got shut off and she lost all chances. She was moving similar to the fourth horse, uh, fourth place horse. And she probably would have been about a length or two um, out of first against No Speak Alexander. She actually, it's possible she wins the race too. It's hard to tell how much she would have had left. But that really hurt her. If she didn't get into that trouble, I really think she could have come close to winning the race. And that time form figure of 103 would have been closer to like a 115, 118. And she would be in the conversation with everyone else. And she's a three-year-old improving. So for the price, if I had to pick like one horse, assuming the morning line is accurate or close to accurate, I would go with the three, Akinella in the Philly and Mare turf. GQ, what about you? Are you uh, Americano here or are you uh, going European as well? Nah, you know, when it comes to turf, you have to respect the, the Euros. And here's a race where... This is why I really am not nothing against the, you two guys and everybody else who geeks out and just dives into the PPs and replays and whatever. I mean, all these horses are here because they kind of fit, right? Yeah. So I am always the proponent of physical handicapping. So it's hard for me to give an opinion on, uh, on a race when – Pretty much my MO on Breeders' Cup Day is to look at the horses, come out on the track, see how they appear physically. Because since they're all, you know, I'm not saying everybody fits, but when when you have such evenly matched horses that only a length or two divide, you know, separates them from winning and losing, seeing how the horse is behaving physically on the track could be the difference between winning and losing. So uh, I know that th this attitude is not very good for a podcast when you're trying to give opinions on and, and what you, you'd like other handicappers to, to, to look at. But, yeah, I can understand why the, the two love horses, love and loves only you, are the four to one co uh, or should be the four. I, I agree with Chris. Yeah. Why is word like goddess? I, I just don't see that. Uh, obviously she continues to get better and you know maybe that's the hometown cooking but uh she's never run it uh, out on the left coast so you know this is her big chance to prove herself but i certainly would lean on the euros uh i think that the morning line odds maker after warlike goddess got it right with the quarter ones on both love horses i i would tend to lean on just love even though i, I know you just went on a dissertation on love's love's last race wasn't all that great oh it was all right i just didn't upgrade it and all um it, the, believe it or not if, if i use one american horse it's going to be pocket square the two who if he's a, a price and i'm or she's a price i'm already spreading i might throw in he's a horse who hasn't been tested at all the last two beat lesser did it easily i read was a statue last time so the speed figures are low but this horse could have run a lot faster if needed to, I think. And yeah, she wasn't uh, great against Alfika, three back in that grade one. But I just think she's a much better horse now. And I can see from an inside post too, I can see Pocket Square doing something really special here. So that's the one American that uh, I want to mention. This way I can take credit when she wins and I mentioned her, right? If I mention like six horses, I can be like, hey, 
I mentioned her. No, I don't do that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm almost definitely going to include pocket square in a race where I'm spreading pretty much. And, and I'm going to key on Akinella low my vertical bets and, and use Akinella with the Europeans with pocket square. I'm going to fade uh, Warlike Goddess here in the verticals too. And um, if I didn't mention the horse, I don't think I'm using them in this race. It's only those five that I mentioned, the four euros I mentioned. And um, in pocket square, it's possible I'll throw in Rougier, even though I downgraded her last effort in verticals is like a sixth horse. But uh, I'm not going to use her in the in the horizontals, meaning like the pick five, pick four, pick three, stuff like that. Chris, you want to uh, finish up the race for us? I'll tell you what, if the one going to Vegas wins, that's going to be the largest winner's circle picture <laughs> you will ever see. That group is rowdy and includes the My Race Horse Group, Abandanza Group. I think everyone to their cousin owns a piece of that horse. So when you go to the, if that horse wins this race, you're going to see so many people in that winner's circle. It's going to be scary. <laughs> well, uh, let me, luckily uh, we won't get to see that. So <laughs> unless it like, gets like this easy lead and walks around the track, which you never know, it could happen. Let, let me just mention one other thing. Uh, I know a ton of handicappers. They say, oh, they don't even look at weight. They don't even look at weight. But here, here's, here's a prime example. Obviously, you know, a big shift in weight really doesn't matter in sprints or whatever. But, you know, we're talking a, a mile and three-eighths, a, a long turf race. And when a, a horse gets in uh, and, and carries about 12% less on its back than it did in its previous race or many of its other races. I think that that has to give it a buyer or a uh, couple points. Wouldn't you right. say? So, I, so, so let me just finish. So uh, the horse I'm talking about is love, you know, I'm not giving out any big price, but I, I just think taking 13 pounds off is significant, especially when it's a distance race. So you know, and, and I don't disagree with you. And, and listen, I think Love should be the favorite. I think she's deserving of the favorite, and I'm using her. Uh, but like I said, I, I like others similarly, so I might as well try and go for a price with my main bets. Are we uh, are we good on that race? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we go on to race 8 of 12, and that is the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Now, all year, and I talked about this a little when I had Craig Milkowski on with us last week because he had he's had the same opinion all year. The older sprinters... I don't want to say suck because that's not nice, but the older sprinters for the last probably three years, maybe I could be off two years, four years, maybe even longer have been the worst older sprinters that I've been around in my whole horse racing lifetime, 30 years, 40 years. So I've said all year, I have to go with three-year-olds in this race. I have to go with three-year-olds in this race. So Chris is going to tell us maybe why uh, CZ Rocket has a chance here running against the bias. So I'll let him do that. But Jackie's Warrior is such a monster. It's hard. It's hard to envision Jackie's Warrior not running really well here. I mean, GQ said the parks race didn't look like it took anything out of her. Uh, him, I'm sorry. I keep calling it her because of the name. But I upgraded the parks performance actually and already had the highest buyer. I guess if there's some kind of wicked speed duel, it's possible that she doesn't, uh, he doesn't win. But it's so likely that he runs so well. The only thing is, there's a horse here, and I'll start this one because uh, I don't have much to say. I'm just going to talk about two horses, maybe throw in a third. But the one following C, I am such a big fan of this horse. When he ran the Haskell, I didn't like him. I didn't use him. I didn't care for him. Got kind of a lucky third because uh, what happened in the race with Hot Rod Charlie being DQ'd and uh, who was the horse that went down? Was it Midnight Bourbon went down? Yeah. yeah. 
So two horses have finished ahead of him. One went down and one uh, clipped heel. So probably finishes fifth in that race. But it was his first race against um, that kind of quality, a grade one quality. It was a monster field because Hot Rod Charlie, we'll talk about later, is as good as any horse in the country. It was longer than the horse wants to go by a lot. And it was a pretty hot pace. So all those factors, I don't care. The 74 buyer could have been a 24 buyer. That was a monster effort for a horse doing what he had to do. Comes back in the Allen Jerkins. I'm sure I liked him in the Allen Jerkins, but he ran into Jackie's Warrior, the monster. And Life is Good is supposed to be a monster. And he chased those two home, running a little wide. And it was a you know, decent enough pace, even though I thought Life is Good had an easy lead. The pace was decent. So following C gets tired chasing. So some people might be, wait a minute, he lost by nine lengths to Jackie's Warrior. The difference is Jackie's Warrior is probably the same horse that he was in August, which is not bad, which is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But following C, I think, is such a better horse. He's, he, he had to catch up so much. He's a late blooming horse. His last race, I loved him as a single. It was like, to me, one of the easiest singles I'll, I'll ever bet. And I didn't expect the horse to go to the lead. I thought Friends Fire and Baby Yoda would be duking it out. I, I dislike both of those horses. So um, another reason I like following C. But Joel just said, you know what? Boom. I'm just going to take the lead. I got the best horse. Goodbye. And listen, he had an easy lead. So oftentimes I'll downgrade those. But he won so easy. He didn't have to go to the lead. He just went because it was a good strategy for that race. I just think this horse is going to run a monster race. Now, the downside is Jackie's Warrior might just be that good that he still doesn't win. But I think following C is going to run a monster race here. And that's the horse that I want here. Uh, I'm probably going to chalk out with Jackie's Warrior, too, because the horse has so much respect for me. So I'm basically one, two here. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to throw a lot on the one here, uh, hoping that the one could uh, following C can pull the upset and. That's probably it. There's one other horse I'll mention briefly after if neither of you mention it. But Chris, I'll go to you next. Go for it. So, you know, you already talked about the accolades of Jackie's Warrior, but one of the local horses that won the, the um, you know, our Southern California best sprint races is Dr. Shivel. And he's three for three here at Del Mar. But I, you know, I, I took a real big negative glance in all three of his wins this year because of just setups that those horses had, you know, encountered, you know, when he, when he came back in that three-year-old debut, he kind of had the pocket trip behind a weak field in that prep race for the Bing Cosby. Then the Bing Cosby, it was a blanket finish, as you talked about earlier, where five horses were separated by less than like less than two lengths at the wire. In the last time out, it says the right wing broke. Yeah, it broke. But that was a day that there was an intense inside speed bias at Santa Anita. And this horse was able to get away setting a 21.87 half, 45.07, um, 21.87 quarter, 45 half mile. There's no way that Jackie's Warrior is going to walk through a 45 second half mile. He does that pretty much in his sleep. So I, I don't see Dr. Shivo being anywhere close to Jackie's Warrior at all. And, you know, I think he's won the second, second or third choice in the morning line is um, Dr. Shivo. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stand against him, and you know in the exact uh, Eric talked about following C, which I I agree with, because when he was with Baffert, he was always a very he was highly regarded as you know with the Baffert barn. So I agree with him using you know using him underneath. But one horse I'm interested too is the three CZ Rocket. So CZ Rocket, you know me using him is based upon just that last race in the Senior Sprint Championship, where. He had to rally wide against the bias that day. This horse was the king of Oakland Park when he defeated last year's sprint champion, Widmore, in both 
in in the um, in the Camp Fleet Stakes as in the Camp Fleet Stakes back in April in Oakland. You know, if Jackie's Warriors should probably clear the field, I'm not going to deny that he should probably clear. But the rest of those horses that are going to be chasing him are probably going to fade. And if it, that if that does happen, then the three CZ Rocket could be the horse to complete the exact behind Jackie's Warrior. Yeah, and in the vertical bets, I said I'm going to key on the one a lot, and, and I'm going to have one two with Jackie's Warrior and following C. But the horses underneath, who I don't think I'm going to use in the horizontals, because I think one of those two that I mentioned is definitely winning. Uh, but I'm going to use CZ Rocket uh, underneath and, and maybe exactos, but definitely triple supers. And I'm going to use Aloha West, the five horse, who I thought last race was uh, better than it looks in the step up to a grade two. And I think is an improving uh, horse as well. He was squeezed back last time uh, a little bit and was flying late. And if he does get a setup, like you said, you, you made the case for CZ Rocket. I can see Aloha West who might be a little closer to the pace, but I can see him doing something very similar from off the pace. So those are the two that I want coming from off the pace underneath. I just think those top two are too good for CZ Rocket or Aloha West to win the race, but those are the two I'll key um, underneath, if you will. GQ, your erudite thoughts. Yes. Uh, I know um, a few months ago, you were among probably top on the list of those who are most despondent about the retirement of Whitmore since uh, <laughs> your MO was always to bet against him. Including so, Setonian at 34 to one against him was a joke, but anyway. Yeah. I th- did we handicap that race? And I mentioned like Setonian. I picked him. That was my, uh, I think that was my main pick anyway, not to brag. A little anyway, brag. no, but uh, no, just a, a, a few thoughts. I, I, I'm, this is one where it seems like the, the free square for uh, heart, um, horizontal bet betters. I, you know, I think friends at fire is interesting. I mean, I know the morning line is 10 to one, but I want to know what, uh, you know, is FanDuel or uh, DraftKings apps. Are you going to be able to bet, you know, what, what is, what is he plus 200 to savage a foe down the stretch? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see those odds as long as he savages someone and helps following C win just don't try and eat following C <laughs> couldn't you see that if he's like you know he's coming down the stretch and he starts to savage Jackie's warrior hey <laughs> as long as no one gets hurt and it allows following C I'm all for it so go, go for it alright you want to move on to race 9 or do you want to talk about anyone else Either nah, one of you. It's not, not, not worth it all right, so GQ's on uh, Jackie's Warrior. I think we all respect him, and I uh, think he has a very good shot there. And I'm just with following C, and uh, Chris mentioned CZ Rocket as a, a horse coming late because he was against the bias last time, which I knew he was going to say. So there you go. Race nine, the Breeders' Cup mile, one mile. It's a turf race. Uh, and I'm going to ask Chris about one horse here I haven't had a good read on because I've tried to beat this horse a couple times now, and I've failed to beat this horse. Mo Forza. What's your thoughts, Chris? You're, you're the West Coast guy here. Well, for the real deal or just kind of picking on a little weaker competition and good trips, all that. What do you think? So, you know, they, you know, they say, right, you're, you know, you keep the company, you know, you can only beat the horses that you keep up with. Well, Morphosa has just been, has just been beating up on the same horses, smooth, like straight, hit the road. That's all he's done. And that's what he's done this year. His two wins. Well, Godolphin and Godolphin and Kumar and all the Europeans will have a say about, you know, those small those small four five horse fields that Morphosa has beat because 
this is going to be the toughest task that this horse has ever faced. Okay. He, I mean, his win last time out is City of Hope. I mean, he won by a half length, but when you watch the race, this horse should have won by like three or four lengths, considering a long shot of Phil Diamato went after um, smooth like straight going, going a half, going the six points of 108 and four. And this horse was on his left lead through the stretch and barely got to win by a half length. And if he can only get up by a half length after those conditions, there's no way this horse could be finished in the top four or five, you know, in the Breeders' Cup mile. So I'm against Morforza, Smooth Like Straight, Hit the Road, all the Santa California turf horses that I've run this year. All right, and that's the hometown guy against them. If anything, he would like them. So if he's against them, then I feel confident being against them for the most part as well. I'm uh, just like the last turf race we talked about. I'm pretty much all European here. Like I mentioned last time, I, I might use or I probably use Pocket Square, the lone American. And this race is only one American I'm probably going to use. But I'm not going very deep here, I don't think. Uh, I'm all about Charlie Appleby in this race. The trainer has had a lot of success coming over to the United States, specifically this year. Althika comes to mind, for example. And I like his two horses the best. And honestly, I, I don't know which one I like more. Space Blues, the I almost call them Spaceballs. Excellent movie, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. Three. And, John Candy. Uh, <laughs> Your Schwartz is bigger than mine. Master <laughs> of the Seas, number one. I think I'm going to go with Master of the Seas if I bet the race because of the better price. I'll take 12 to 1 over the uh, favorite Space Blues any day of the week. And I think they're you know somewhat similar. I, listen, Space Blues has won the better races. Don't get me wrong. Here's my case for Master of the Seas. I'll, I'll make it. Okay, go two back to the race at Newmarket. I upgraded that performance. Uh, three speeds held that race. So it was a race that just the speeds held and he closed some and he had to alter in the stretch as well. It wasn't like major, but he definitely altered, didn't help him. And he closed and was like one of the few to actually make up ground in that race. So uh, it was an all speed race otherwise. So I really liked that race too back. Now it was a group two race. He was a favorite, but Ben Battle's a, a, a quality horse over there. Um, I, I upgraded that race a lot. It was off a little bit of a layoff too. So maybe he needed that race. Then his last race was kind of ugly. He wasn't good. And here's my thing. If you cross out that last race, I have him as a major player, like as good as almost anyone here based on his race two back that they upgraded, plus it was off the layoff. So can I cross out last race? I asked myself. And I look, and it was good soft. The ground was very soft that day. And I looked back, and I saw he ran on soft ground once before in his PPs, going all the way back to Newmarket, which was his first start, I guess that was, right? Yeah, his first start. I think it was his first start. And he ran by far, even though he won, he ran by far his slowest speed figure. Maybe because it was his first start, I'm sure that played a role. Maybe he just doesn't like it soft. And it's not like he was awful last race speed figure-wise, but um, I'm just going to hope that he didn't like the soft going last time. I'm going to ignore that race. And if I go to the race two back, like I said, I like him a lot. So I'm on Master of the Seas here. Uh, he's a horse that will sit in the mid-pack uh, mid in case you're worried, like, you know, or curious how the race is going to play out and space blues. I don't know if I have to say too much about there's a horse who, you know, time form figures are, are outstanding here uh, uh, compared to this field, especially um, ran well last time. I didn't downgrade. I, I actually would slightly upgrade his performance. He closed impressively and he was actually opening up on the field. If they kept running, he would have been up by three or four lengths, uh, you know, another uh, 10 seconds that they let him run. So I thought he was much the best last race. So I'm all about the one and three here, uh, and I might throw in one American, although I actually probably won't, but it's possible, depending on the rest of my ticket. Um, Chris, 
I know you're against the California horses. Are you with uh, the Applebee's or someone else or all the Euros? Tell us. I, <clears throat> I'm with Kumar in this race. So I'm going to make number nine, Mother Earth, my top pick. And, you know, this horse is a quintessential miler. I mean, if you look at the race, that race, three races back in the, in the matron stakes at, at Leopardstown, I mean, I don't know how this horse did not, you know, get unsaddled that last quarter of a mile because Ryan Moore have put her in such a bad spot while no speak Alexander was race riding her, race riding Mother Earth through the stretch and Perzola was rallying wide. And there was Ryan Moore looking for room on the inside, looking room between horses, and then finally deciding, you know what, I'm just going to wrap up going towards the wire. So that was just, you know, that was just a really bad, you know, ride and trip, you know, the Kumar Justify. And then, you know, and then when I look back in the Queen Elizabeth, the two stakes, that was the best mile race this year in Europe. You know, Bahid is six for six so far this year. Palace Pier was actually one of his first four starts with three of those group one races. And the one thing about Mother Earth is that this horse likes to sit somewhere in mid-pack. He doesn't have, she doesn't have to be too far, far back. Well, Mother Earth was literally dead last coming, you know, you know, through the first half mile of the, the QE2 stakes at Ascot. But then he actually delivered a really, she actually delivered a really good run through the stretch to split the field in fifth. Um, you know, Ryan Moore gets aboard. This horse loves firm ground. You know, we've seen it before, you know, in the final stakes when he ran second, ran second last year behind Aunt Pearl, who got away with an uncontested front running trip. She's the Guineas winner, you know, from earlier this year. I just think that Mother Earth will get a will, a, will get a very good trip in mid-pack and then just, you know, run him down late. So my top two here are Mother Earth and the one master of seas who's Whose win, you know, when he ran second in the, in the in the in the 2000 Guineas, this horse was very impressive because he was in the rear throughout, then rallied up the inside to actually poker his, his head in front inside the final eighth of a mile before getting run down late by Poetic Flair, who is no slouch either. I mean, he ended up coming back to win the St. James Stakes and was second in the Sussex and the Prix Jacques Marnay, you know, in her next three starts. So I'm all about the, the two horses. I'm all about Mother Earth, my top pick, and um, Master of Seas. I'm against um, Space Blues because, you know, 10, you know, 10 wins, 18 starts. But yet, this horse will now make his first start going a mile. And I have this rule in horse racing where you never take a short price on a horse doing something new for the first time. And Space Blues will actually be trying to go, two, go around two turns at a mile for the first time. So at three to one, I'm kind of going to fade the three space blues. All right. Yeah. I don't worry as much about that, especially in Europe when they're going uphill, downhill, who knows how long the, you know, seven furlongs, but it might play more like a mile, but I hear you. And generally that's very good advice. What you said, you don't want to take a short price. Uh, but I still think space blues has a big chance, but I'm, I'm and you like the one sum. So that's good. Uh, I'm, I'm about the one in GQ uh, before I just add one horse, anything, uh, Anything to uh, chime in here? Oh, yes, plenty. Uh, this uh, race should be uh, sponsored by uh, a couple of our Wasabi friends, the Quigleys. This is a Quigley special. Speed on the turf. Blowout. <laughs> but, which, will be, <laughs> which will be interesting because, uh, I mean, you got a blowout. He's like straight. There's, there's plenty of speed in here, so it'll be interesting, which 
obviously should set it up for uh, a closer. Um, observation about uh, what you said about the one master of, of the seas. I wouldn't be too despondent about figuring out that last race because, you know, you, you said soft, but he won on soft. I mean, the comments that steady to start pulled hard. I didn't watch the, the replay. Was he rank? No, it's a bad comment. Okay. All right. I didn't think uh, it was steady very if he was steadied, it was or shoot uh he it, but, it was but, minor. I, I didn't find it as an as an I'm excuse. Not, but I'm not concerned about steady. Was he was he pulling? Was he ranked during the, the race? No, I didn't write that and I don't see it in the comments, so I don't think so. Uh, well, I got Brisnet. They, oh, they just make up. It. They make up crap. So yeah, yeah. They 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 have the European connection that you know they need to fill space, so they just needed to throw in something. <laughs> uh, so uh, other observations. Um, Mother Earth. I uh, I'm glad you mentioned Mother Earth because uh, among the few times I had uh, to to watch the horses out on the track. Um, Aiden O'Brien, it's almost like uh, a symphony when he brings his horses out and it's like seven of them in a line and they look yeah. like they go into formation. And it was good because me being the physical handicapper, I'm, I'm looking for things. And of the seven Aiden O'Brien horses, I thought Mother Earth looked the best, really on the muscle. And that was just uh, on uh, this morning, Thursday. So she's only, you know, two two and a half days out from the race. So yeah, I, I gave uh, mother earth a big uh, check Mark uh, when I was looking at the, the morning works and I'll probably steal a little bit of your thunder, but the, the, the American based horse that you uh, probably want to mention. And if you don't, I'll mention is Casa Creed, your love interest, Casa Creed, the 13. But um, I'll just make one other observation. Chris, when you had said back in the seventh race, if going to Vegas wins, the winner circle is going to be nuts with people. Wrong. If Got Stormy wins, half of California will be in the winner circle with all the My Racehorse crazies. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> So, you got that right. So yeah, if, if uh, my racehorse uh, uh, connections get the winner circle, it, it'll be nuts. So yeah, I, I've said enough crazy stuff. Um, go ahead, Eric. Uh, unleash the American horse that you think has a shot. Well, you already mentioned. How can it be an episode of Better <laughs> Betting without mentioning Casa Creed? Come on, man. Horse is setting it up for me. Boom. All these races, so I can get 20 to 1 in the Breeders' Cup. No, um, I think Casa Creed is an outside chance, and I'm going to definitely use him in my vertical bets. I don't know if I'm going to add him. I'm probably just going to use him 1 3 in the um, in the horizontals. It's, again, it, it really depends on, on the cost and what I have in other races. But there's a horse. Who, yeah, I know the Jiper that he got the 105 Byron was like a speed duel and set up for closers, and I downgrade that effort. His race two back was uh, he got a 100 buyer speed figure. Whatever it wasn't a great race, it was fine. Uh, last race I upgraded, I actually thought he ran pretty well. Um, if they ran another 25 30 yards, he's coming in second in that race to gear jockey, who I think has a big shot in the Breeders' Cup sprint. Might be the best, well, I think he's the best American turf sprinter gear jockey, and we'll see if he's the best in the world based on that race. Um, so to me, the fact that he was able to uh come very close to gear jockey 
in what is probably Gear Jockey's game better than Costa Creed's game. I know Costa Creed won at six furlongs, so people are going to go, what do you mean six furlongs is too short for him? Yeah, he won at six furlongs because he got a monster setup. That's the only reason. If he didn't get a monster setup, he was going to be coming late in that race and get third. So I think the mile, believe it or not, is better. Seven furlongs might be ideal, but I think the mile is better for Costa Creed. So the fact that he was flying late and he ran against gear jockey who i think is a very good horse so i i just think he has an outside shot here i still i think the europeans are going to win this race but that's the one american and i actually i should just quickly mention ivar because i liked him last time even though lobo was terrible off the layoff he needed that last race ivar so if i had to pick a second american horse i'd say ivar is an outside chance but again if i use ivar it will definitely be underneath if he wins i'm going to be in trouble as far as the uh the uh, horizontal bets but uh cost is a possibility to throw in Anything else in the race, Chris? Looks like you want to say something. Yeah, so this I'm glad you mentioned the two Pablo Lobo horses because he has two, you know, in love and um Ibar. If you switch to post positions, I would have loved Ivar because he kind of had a very congested trip in his return. But you got Joe Tanamo, and I respect the jockey, I respect them. But his 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 riding presence, his riding ability on the turf is is less to be desired. So and plus plus fourteen, I can't take it. But I will give the seven in love to me of all the North American horses. He's he's the one I will I will use in my top three. Not only is he coming up in sharp form, but this horse is going to project to get a very good trip with all this speed in this race with smooth like straight blowout. And, you know, those are the main two principally on, on the speed. But I just think in love, well, you know, this jockey, Achard, will probably get this horse in a similar trip like he did back at back last time out and two races back in Kentucky Downs where he likes to sit back on the rail and then come with one big run. So that's what I think about in love is the horse that's moving forward up in class, gets the And if he gets the right trip, he can be right there in the top three. Well, Chris... I have to disagree. <laughs> I just think the horse has no shot, but I, I'm, you could be right. Definitely. There's a horse who I didn't like last time. I'll admit, so I was wrong last time about him. He got a great setup two back. And then last time I didn't like him. I know a lot of people were picking him on podcast, other podcasts, stuff like that. And they, they mentioned him. He had the trip of trips. Yeah. That was probably the greatest trip any racehorse will ever get in his life. Um, could he get it again in a 14 horse field with Alex Achard? If that's his name, I don't, he might be a hockey player. Alex Achard is that the name of this jockey, Alex Achard? Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's another player that I'm thinking of in hockey, but um, yeah, I, listen, if you like him, don't let me talk you off of him. He's, I think you'll get more than eight to one, but uh, I know the buyer is big. I just want no part. I, I think Ivar is much better than uh, than in love. You're right, the post might not help Ivar, but they do have time to get over, so we'll see what Calamo can do. Are you uh are you chomping in the bit to say something, GQ, or we move on? No, we're ready to move on. I think uh, we're uh, pressed for time. All right, we're about an we're, hour we're in. Run, uh, we're we're running long, let's say. All right. Well, yeah. I think we're. In, I didn't write down the start time. I usually do, but I think we're about an hour in, maybe a little more. Is that it, or am I way off? Uh, no, you're off. Oh, yeah. a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, we're about we started, at least we started one. Like, like just after like two thirty Pacific. No, we were late in that. All right, whatever it is, I'm wasting time talking about it. Maybe an hour and 15 minutes in. I guess you can see on Spotify, whatever, what we're at now and see if I'm uh, way off. All right, so let's do the last three here. Breeders' Cup, Distaff. Well, yeah, the, 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 ne- the next three are, are 
chump races. Yeah, yeah. Well, need to- yeah two out of the three don't have big fields. Uh, so, well, actually, not terrible fields this, uh, this race. My bad. Isn't uh, the last one like a maiden? maiden well, last one, there's only two horses that have a shot, so it's going to be real quick. But let's go to race 10 with this staff. Another fairly heavy favorite, Latruska. Uh, the six horse, eight to five morning line, a horse who I tried to beat just about every time. Chris and I have a little different opinion on his rate, her race, two back. Uh, Chris is going to tell you how she was aided by an inside speed bias. To me, that was like the one race that I actually respected. Not that I don't respect her, but that was one race where I was like, oh, maybe I'm wrong about this horse. Maybe she is that good because uh, I thought she was in a, a pretty heated pace stall and the other speeds faded. So um, I actually liked to race two back. And then she got another easy lead last time. So can she get an easy lead? Yeah, but I think someone's going to go. I don't know who, but I think someone's going to go with her. Uh, there's a bunch of horses who have speed. And unless she gets the easy lead, listen, I respect her and all. But these are horses I definitely want to bet against. I'm betting against pretty much all these uh, favorites, uh, especially, well, at least even money-type favorites. And again, I hope I'm right. Uh, there's two horses I like here, though I'm going to go a little deeper uh, than that. Uh, Chris, I won't, let, I won't steal your thunder, though. I don't know who you're going to like here, but I'll let you uh, – Start us off. Go ahead. Yep. So I'm, yeah. So as Eric mentioned, I mean, I'm, I'm taking a stand against the Trusca simply based upon that August 28th race where he, where he mentioned before that he was on, he, he pretty much, she rode the inside bias throughout. And that was a really bunched up field. I mean, look at the wire. I mean, there was like four horses separated by a half length at the, you know, at the finish. And I'm, I'm visually, I'm always against horses that, you know, that fish in a bunch field, especially on the main track. So can she win? Yeah, but private mission is going to go to the front, is going to go from, has only one way to go, and that's from the front end. So that's going to go. Latruska is going to go. Hervagis is going to go. So, you know, you're going to have at least two to three horses that are going to keep Latruska busy on the front end. And new racetrack, I'm going to, if, and you know, long campaign with that in, with that high contested speed. I mean, I'm gonna take a chance against the six Latruska, and I'm gonna go with number eight. She dares the daredevil, and you know, I'm looking for a horse that's not gonna be too far back, but it's gonna be in that first flight to get the first you know the first trip over. And I think that's what she's gonna do because that's what she pretty much did to Clement Hirsch two races back. You know, here at Del Mar. Venetian Harbor was able to get away with a very comfortable early lead. And she dares a dead of made that first run at that pace setter going around the far turn and actually won really comfortably late, you know, going towards the wire to win by less than four lengths. Last time out, I know it was a slow pace, but that was more of a prep race to get her ready here for the distaff. You know, she's actually a, she was the last horse to beat Latruska in the, in the great two Azari back in Oakland Park. And she's a multiple grade one winner, having won the La Trienne and the Kentucky Oaks, you know, so far. And drawn outside, I think you'll see Florent Giroux able to get that two or three wide trip just off that speed and get the first run on the rest of the field. So as the second choice on the, on the morning line at four to one, I like she dares a daredevil. And I'm going to include the two Royal Flag and the 11 Dunbar Road who, if that speed does materialize, those are the main two who will, um, who will benefit from it. So for me, it's going to be 8 to 11. All right. So Chris and I started the day off agreeing a lot, and now we're having a lot of disagreement. I, I don't like she dares the devil. Uh, he made some good points, and maybe she just wasn't, I don't want to say wasn't trying last race, but maybe it was just a prep. They didn't ever geared up, but I wasn't very impressed with her last race at all. 
she had an easy lead in the merry-go-round race. Um, She'd have to run the race for life, which maybe she can, but I'm not taking a relatively short price. I think you'll get better than four to one personally. I think you'll get six, seven, eight to one, but I could be wrong because she has a name brand. Uh, The horse that I landed on uh, the most is actually maybe not that smart only because the, you know, the distaff division has been fairly strong, I guess, but um, I'm going to try the three-year-old uh, Malathat. This is a horse I've really liked. And I just think this horse is improving and speed figures are basically the same as every other horse, maybe slightly below, but I have upgrades my buyer or speed figures for her upgrade her to be basically the same as Latruska or very similar to Latruska, maybe slightly below her 97 in the coaching club, American Oaks two back in July at um, Saratoga. She dueled a 14 to one shot who backed off. Um, what did I write? I can't read my, they, oh, she dueled the 14 to one shot. That was um, the winner actually, Maracuja. So at first she had to deal with Maracuja coming at her, a 14 to one shot. Then Maracuja with a brilliant ride. I think it was Ricardo Santana actually with a brilliant ride. Backed off and said, I'm not going to duel this horse. And Clary Air went and did some dirty work. So she had to duel one horse for a quarter mile uh, to a half a mile. Then she had to duel with Clary Air the rest of the way. Uh, put that horse away by five lengths. And Clary is a nice horse. And then she uh, couldn't hold off Maracuja coming late. But I upgraded that performance having to, getting two separate duels in the same race. Then she ran in the Alabama. And I upgraded that performance too. She had a pretty wide trip. Two wide around the first turn. Three to four wide around the uh, second term. Uh, what did I write? Stumbled at the start. She stumbled at the start significantly. Even though she didn't lose more than maybe a length. I mean, the fact that she stumbled so badly had to take something out of her or do something. Uh, and no one was gaining on her late. You know, she, she was just easily the best in that race. Hey, yeah, she was running against three-year-olds. These are better horses. But it was a pretty good three-year-old class. In fact, I really thought between Malathat, um, search results, um, trying to think who else was in that group. I thought this was one of the better three-year-old groups in a while. We've had strong groups recently, but this was a really strong three-year-old group. And she's probably the best of the three-year-olds. So... If she improves at all, which I think she will, she hasn't run in like two months, so she has to be better than she was. Uh, I, I, I like Malathat a lot. She drew inside. I think she can sit off the pace. You mentioned a potential speed duel. I hope she can sit wherever she wants. She can be up on the lead. She can be mid-pack. Whatever. I, I really like Malathat a lot here, uh, and that's definitely my top pick. And I agree with you on Dunbar Road, a horse who I'm surprised I'm betting, but I just think this horse is kind of rounding back into form. The horse looked done, toast. Uh, and I think they were talking about retiring the horse. And I heard on some show that the owner, I guess, Peter Brandt said, I think Chad Brown was doing an interview with someone. And I think Chad Brown said, you know, he was thinking of retiring the horse. He, she was basically done. And Peter Brandt said, no, let's stick with it. And she's just getting better and better. And each race has been better than the last, the last four races. I know she got the hundred by her two back. I actually downgraded that because that was that race against Latruska where I thought I disagreed with Chris, where he thought Latruska benefited from the bias. I thought that race kind of fell apart. And um, Dunbar Road benefited from that and got out finished late. Uh, and then last race, that 98 buyer was legitimate. She was extending on Bonnie South, a horse who I like a lot. So I, I thought, and, and Latruska had an easy lead, so you weren't going to catch Latruska. So I think Dunbar Road's going in the right direction and could get a good setup. So I'm on the three, the 11. I won't talk about Royal, Royal Flag. I mean, um, Chris mentioned Royal Flag. That would be, I guess, like a third or fourth pick here, you know, the next group. Um, I just think Royal Flag is closed very well. Last race, I thought she closed nicely, and the speed held last race. We're two back. Again, I thought she benefited from that pace against Latruska. Last race, I thought she was actually up against it, and speed's held. So I downgraded her 100 buyer to like maybe a 95, kind of what she was running. 
But then last race, to me, she ran over 100 by her, which means she improved a lot last race. And if she can just repeat that or step forward a little bit, she has a big chance here. The only thing is, it was against weaker horses. Horologist is nothing, you know, like these horses, I don't think so. Um, can she do it against better horses? But if she gets some pace, she's got a good post. She got Joel, the best jockey in the world. So um, to me, I'm, I'm definitely using Royal Flag, but I'm 311-2, and I respect Matruska, but 311-2 for me. GQ, your thoughts? Yeah, I. It, it's funny when you, you both of you guys were talking about Royal Flag. That was the horse that I kept coming back to, or the mare that I kept coming back to. I mean, when when she's lost by a half and by one to the horse that everybody is picking to be the one favorite that will lose. I've never heard so much talk about uh, of all the favorites, who's going to lose and Latruska wins by a landslide. So that tells me Latruska is going to call everybody a liar and, and, and win. The, the interesting thing I heard about Latruska, somebody else did some analysis and stuff, said that kind of Latruska just kind of gets uh, lazy on the front end coming home. And if horses can kind of sneak up on her, meaning uh, the, the jock, uh, Irad, would have to kind of like gear her out to any horse coming up to her because she kind of gets lazy on the front end. So it's kind of like a sneak attack. Like if a horse comes flying on the outside and she doesn't see it, see it till late, but who knows? Well, you know, and yeah, you look at Latruska's running line and it's speed, 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 speed. But I kind of go back to uh, the Azari when she lost by a head to She Dares the Devil. I mean, she can lay off of it if horologist and, you know, uh, a private mission want to go out and say crazy. You know, she's not a one trick pony. So I think, uh, you know, while everybody's zigging away from Latruska, I'll zag and I'll call it a <laughs> ice cold um, Latruska, the seven, six horse over the two royal flags. Thank you zagging to the six to five favorite. <laughs> well, no, Everyone's because digging, no, she's uh, a six to five shot, seven to five uh, shot. If she goes because, like five to two, then because, okay, there's zigging because and zag. Every no, because every one she's not six to five, she's eight to five. More well, nine. she's going to be six to five, but anyway, go ahead. And 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 because everybody, you know, it's like okay, who's the vulnerable favorite? Hundred percent, Latruska, Latruska. Oh, Latruska's going to lose. You know, it's like, oh, everybody's patting herself on the back because they're finding a horse that they think is vulnerable. And when that happens, the horse calls them liars. You know what? Those are all the chalk-eating weasels who say they're going to try and beat Latruska, and they bet Latruska anyway. So she'll be six to five. All right. Uh, anything else a beer, on this race? A, a, a beer that she doesn't go off six to five? I think she'll go <laughs> off six to five. I'll tell you what, let's Maybe. make seven to five the over-under. I'll go under seven to five. You go over <laughs> seven to five. Seven to five yeah. is a push. Seven to five is a push. Yeah. And under, you got over. All right, I'll do that. Well, uh, I, anything I'm to add? We'll, put, we'll push most likely. <laughs> not. She ain't going on six to five. I, I've heard too much crap. Yeah, you but know. you're hearing it from people who don't bet money. These are people, <laughs> I don't want to like get off on an ITP rant, but these are people who are being paid for their opinions. Paid they're to not get bad making advice. money off of this, and therefore they're going to not bet, and therefore they're not going to affect the odds. So anyway, uh, anything else in this race? Um, I don't, nope. I don't believe Good. so. All right. We got two to go then because we were really long here. So if you don't have anything, we'll move on to the breeders cup turf 
a mile and a half, obviously on the turf. And this race took a major twist. One reason why it might be good to listen to our podcast over others. Not I enjoy some others. We've had some people on, but we filmed this pretty late. So we already had the news on domestic spending, who is out of the race, as is United. But domestic spending really doesn't change the pace of the race, nor does United necessarily, but really changes the way to look at this race because I'm a huge domestic spending fan. And that was a, a probable single for me. Um, you know, I, I was actually chalking in this race, I think. So I've tried to beat a lot of favorites. This one I wasn't going to, but um, that really changes the race here. And last year, I, I know our friend Tommy Massis up in Canada. He loved Tarnawa last year. I was all over Tarnawa last year. I still remember, and I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I was shopping with my then wife for a fireplace we were looking at for our house. And uh, we were in the car and I'm like, I wasn't watching the races. And, you know, I had some bets in, but I think I expected Tarnawa to be like two to one or something in the race. And she went off, what, nine to two. And I was, we just got out of the fireplace store, which I didn't realize we were going to be there for an hour. And I checked my phone. I missed the race and she wins. And I see the price and I'm like, oh my goodness, how much money I wasted by going to that fireplace store and not betting. Um, Especially because (laughs) the only other horse I thought was magical. I was going to bet, I don't know what, how much, but like a $50 straight exacto with magical and other bets. I would hit triples and this and that king. So I would have been rich anyway. So it's fair. Is it fair to say that by going to the fireplace store, you got burnt? Oh, boom, boom. if I had a drum roll, I would go to GQ's best line of the last year and a half. Very good. Anyway, um, Tarnawa, last race, decided not to break out of the gate and just stood there for oh, a good length or length and a half. Then when she got out of the gate, she got slammed into and lost another length. So she spotted the field two plus lengths, maybe even three, but two plus lengths before they even got to running. Um, after that, she had a, a pretty good trip after that, but that was a really bad start. Um, I, I just, she's to me, she's a monster. I think she's in similar form to last year. I'm not going to try and beat Tarnawa here and domestic spending was the only horse I thought about either beating, or I was just going to chalk out with those two, to be honest. So I'm just going with Tarnawa here. You know, I've basically been against every favorite, so I'm due for a a chalk play. I do have some other horses I'm going to bet under her that are some prices. So I'll talk about them in a second. I can't imagine adding them in the horizontals unless my bet is not that much. Cause I know I'm only using two horses in the last and a couple rate, like following C and Jackie's warrior. I'm using only two horses there. So maybe I can throw in more here, but um, for the most part, I'm just on Tarnawa. Chris, your thoughts. Yep. I'm the same, but <clears throat> you know, I can go over some of the Europeans. Um, <clears throat> you know, the 12th, um, Tenona won the um, the pre-Vermeil last time out over Snowfall, but that was a really subpar pre-Vermeil. You know, Snowfall came back to run six in the arc. The third place finisher came back to run 10th in the in a group three race. And the fourth place finisher came back to run 12th in the pre-Dead Opera. So I know that, t- you know, Tionia was one of one of a popular selection, but she comes in beating a subpar pre on the pre-Vermeil. You know, one European that really interests me is the French bread that's been running in Germany, Sisfahan. Um, so Sisfahan actually ran second behind the subsequent um, the, the, the subsequent arc winner, Torquator um, um, Tasso, two races back. And then that horse, she actually gave the, the winner everything that, that, you know, he can in the, in the stretch, you know, finishing almost four days clear of the rest of the field. In the last time out, you know, the pace didn't really materialize. 
And then this horse was too far back, you know, be, behind that relatively slow pace where the horse ran second was actually the pacemaker in that field. So, you know, second back on firm, you know, going back on firm ground, third race into the form cycle. And one that needs to be highlighted, there's quite a bit of speed in this race. The six acclimate will go to the front. Trubahan for Chad Brown, who is a stablemate for the one, Rock Emperor, will be going to the front. And then the two also, the two also eligible is Channel Maker. He was the pacemaker in last year's Beers Club turf. So, you know, you have at least three horses that would like to be on or near the front end. So I'm going to look for horses that could be flying from off the pace. So Tanarma, obvious selection, but as a long shot bet, you know, the nine Sisfahan will be someone that I'll be trying to use to get underneath an exacta. Yeah, and you mentioned the pace, and it does look like it's going to be a hot pace. Sometimes that doesn't play out, but definitely looks like it. And that's why if I use the second horse, it's a horse that I've liked for a while now, and um, he's the 11-horse Gufo. <laughs> Um, two back, I thought was a pretty easy single though, was life and death to win it. I actually downgraded his performance too bad because I thought he had a really good setup in the sword dancer. Um, last race had a weird trip by, uh, Joel. Um, he got squeezed at the start, lost about a length and he made some kind of early wide move for some reason. So I don't know. I, I just think Tarnal was a step above Gufo and all these, but I like Gufo as much as anyone. And the horse that I don't have a feel for, I'm kind of glad you didn't pick this horse. Uh, the seven horse Walton street. Horse ran in Germany uh, as well uh, against the horse Torque. Well, I can't even read that. Torquator uh, Tasso came back and beat um, Tarnawa. But we said Tarnawa had uh, a lot of trouble and that Torquator had a really good trip. So, you know, the fact that he beat him, I don't care that much. Uh, beat her, I don't care that much. But um, Wall Street came out of that race. Uh, I thought he had a pretty easy lead. I really didn't love him in that race. It was off a layoff, though, so I might have needed it. But uh, I thought he had a pretty easy lead. So, eh, you know, maybe step forward a little. Then he put up this monster speed figure at Woodbine, a 110 buyer, which, you know, is as good as any turf horse has run in a long, long time in this country. And um, I, I guess to me, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not a big speed figure guy on the turf. And even as much as I like speed figures, I, you know, sometimes I take them with a grain of salt. Maybe he's just that fast, but, um, and I respect the horse and all, but I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm not against the seven. Uh, I'm just not going to use him too prominently here and, I still think Tarnal was much better. Chris, do you have uh, thoughts on the seven? Walton Street? Pretty much, you know, when I look at Walton Street, I mean, he got away with a, he got away with a relatively soft trip because the horse who went game busters on the front end, Primo Touch, ended up finishing third. And, you know, the horses yeah. behind that race haven't been, you know, haven't been great. Only one horse has come back to win from five horses that have run back. And can I just start? I'm sorry, Chris. You mentioned a, a great point. The horse that came in third, Primo Touch. That horse was 41 to one in the race, was a runoff, like was four lengths ahead, three lengths ahead. And like you said, held on for third. So it was a long shot that helped with third, not just any horse either. So to further your point, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut in. Yeah. And so I, I you know, the two horses from Charlie Appleby, I mean, that's the one, I mean, that was the one horse that I had, that I had negative asterisks on just because of how the trip materialized versus the, the, um, the actual the field that he's faced against. Your beard looks a little bit more interesting with William Buick. You know, the three-year-old's got some upside now, you know, with, with that race and Jockey Club Derby Invitational. Um, this, I think this horse will actually benefit, you know, running, you know, with all that speed in this race simply because, you know, he likes to, you know, he likes to sit back and just make run, run. And I think that's what he's going to get. And he's going to enjoy the firm conditions, you know, on Saturday. So the two horses from Godolphin, 
your beer is the horse that I'll probably use in the, in, you know, under, in, the, in the third slot. All right, GQ, anything to uh, chime in? What say you? Yeah, I'll just try and look through some of these Euros because obviously this is a race that's been dominated uh, by Euros in the past. I'm, I'm going to go off of the beaten path and go with uh, the 12-horse, Tiona. Tiona is a three-year-old filly who, uh, after obviously two three races back in, in a grade one at Epson, something went amiss, so they gave her a few months off. But when she was running prior to that, the horse that kept winning these races she was competing in was Snowfall, Snowfall. And look what happens when she comes back uh, after a short layoff, runs in a minor stake, went, wins easy at uh, three to one, comes back in a grade one uh, running this mile and a half distance, and lo and behold, beats Snowfall. I don't know how the makeup of the race is. Maybe you watch the replay and you saw something that you know, didn't care. But I see this as, as an improving three-year-old who has taken on older in her uh, in her comeback in her last two races, whereas a lot of these other three-year-olds have been you know running. Uh, this is the first time they're taking on uh, older. So. I don't know. Can can you talk me off of Tiona? Uh, well, Chris likes her a little bit. I, I don't like her at all here. Um, I just think she had a perfect trip last time. I downgraded that performance. I thought her race two back was better. So to say she's improving, maybe she is, but to me, she's not. And now she's going against the boys. Um, also, if that matters, I, I just I, I, listen. I don't want to talk anyone off a horse, but if she's six to one, that's that's pretty short too for me. But I'm not on her. But if you're out there and you like her, Chris did mention she likes her, and GQ has some uh, some fondness too. But yeah, no, I'm I'm against Tioni here, or I just don't she, like the horse that much. She she's faced the boys twice before and has beat them soundly. That's true. Is that three year old boys over there? Uh, two oh, back. Up. Was Look at three that. And up. All right. Well, yeah, yeah but that was a, uh, that wasn't even a graded or group stakes. So who knows? True. She, she was uh, three, uh, she was three to one coming off a thirty length loss. So listen, I don't want to talk people off a horse that I don't know that much about, but. When I see they come off of a perfect trip, their speed figure is not that you know impressive. They they didn't really improve to me from the race before. Tiona can win. I'm not saying she can't win. Uh, it's not like uh, you know some other races where I'm like this horse can't win. I think, but I, I'm against Tiona. Well, at at, at six to one, I, it's not a great price. Yeah, twenty yeah. to one. Okay, go for it. Fifteen yeah. to one. Go for it. And then don't don't text me on uh, Saturday when Tiona wins. And be like, oh, you talked me off. Or you're twelve to one. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't need that uh, conversation. Uh, if I if I don't give you grief about uh, picking the losing Laurel late pick five carryover, but then jumping jumping on someone else's coattails to win the twelve thousand uh, dollar pick six at Sam, <laughs> I won't I GQ. won't bitch about you talking me off a of six to one. <laughs> GQ, uh, rarely do we uh, bet together because I'm not a sharer usually. It's my fault. But uh, yeah, he came uh, in well, and he tried that- to hit Laurel. Carry over. That was, and he, that was he, my fault. I was the one who approached probably. you with the offer. So you probably. Yeah. So it was his fault. And then he doesn't come in on the $12,000 scored uh, the pick six, but it happens. If you did, though, probably wouldn't have hit it. So that's a good thing. Correct. I think I hit Correct. every pick six and pick five this weekend that I played, except for the one that GQ went in on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why Nick uh, didn't didn't uh, ask ask me. To, no, you know. no, no. I think uh, the, the man knew. <laughs> 
Speaking of Juju, Juju's map, right? Is running on Friday. That's yes. uh, of course with a good chance. All right. Are you guys want to go? We're really long here. You guys want anything else in this race? Nope. Nope. GQ, you? No. No, no, no. Let's get all right. Let's get, let's get to the, the we'll wrap it up event. on the, the main event and match race between two horses here. Uh, so I hope you're betting one of them. Um, Chris, who's gonna win? Hot Rod Charlie or Essential Quality? Because it's one of those two. <laughs> you know, back in 2016. I wager pretty much half my life savings on Arrogate. <laughs> that was nuts. True story. Well, I'm not going to wager half my life savings, but I love the three hot rod Charlie. Um, that Belmont, I mean, that was just incredible. The three, the two speed horses that went with hot rod Charlie early finished way, way back in the pack. And then last time out in the in, a, in the parks in the Pennsylvania Derby, you know, a lot of people say that Nick's go is going to be the speed of the field. No. And I'll tell you why. Because I use the Moss Pace figures a lot from DRF Formulator. These are the Moss Pace figures for the parks from the half mile on, for the half mile and the six furlongs. 89.95. That, those were Hot Rod Charlie. In the Whitney Stakes, the race that everyone – goes over um, as Nick's go, 83-93. So, you know, Hot Rod Charlie doesn't need the lead to win, okay? He'll sit, if, if Medina Spirit decides to go with Nick's go, then, you know, Fabian Prague will probably just sit third, you know, just off those two horses and just track them in pounce. Uh, you know, the 111 buyers legit, we talked about that yesterday, you know, two horses already came back to earn buyer speed figures of 108 and 109. But Doug O'Neill Barn is going hot right now here in Southern California. So you have a hot barn, a hot jockey. I don't need to go over it anymore. It's two horses for me, the three and the four. And I'm going to single hot rod Charlie to end my day. All right. I can't disagree with you, although I like essential quality equally as much. I can't really decide between the two. Uh, I'm just betting those two to end my pick fives or pick six or whatever. Met some in um, essential quality. You talked about Hot Rod Charlie, so I'll talk about essential quality. Not really having to say much. That Belmont Stakes, we talked about this yesterday. I've talked about it on the air. was the best three-year-old race I've seen in arguably my lifetime, one of the best. Um, both of them ran great. I know Hot Rod Charlie was up on the pace, and it was an insane pace, but essential quality was very close to the pace and ran very wide. He covered a lot more ground. So to me, they both ran fabulous. I wouldn't even want to pick who ran better. Uh, originally, I thought Hot Rod Charlie, that thought maybe essential quality. Um, and I, I just think they're the younger, again, a, a case where the younger horses, I think, are just better than the older horses. Um, Nick's go is going to be tough here, uh, possibly if he gets a lone lead, but I don't know. I hope he doesn't get the lone lead. There's other speeds signed on. I'm hoping Medina Spirit, like you said, goes or someone goes with him. Um, and if he doesn't get the lone lead, he's going further than he ever went. He can definitely win. I, I'm teasing that it's a, a two-horse race, but I have zero interest in anyone other than the three and four here in this race. Um, GQ, is there anyone else uh, you want to mention? We'll talk about one or two more before we leave, but um, I'll let GQ chime in with anyone he wants to speak about first. Well, I'm just wondering if uh, it's it's impossible that Saez takes like essential quality five or six wide into the first turn, right? <laughs> I listen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the poor horse has been a standout, and the two races, you know, uh, 
you know, the, the Derby, he was what six wide the entire time and, and just didn't want to pass hot rod, Charlie. And, uh, was it, um, the, the Jim Dandy when he, he was, uh, wide the whole time, yeah. but anyway, yeah, I, I, I really like the horse. I, I, I agree with you guys. I, I'm, I'm all about essential quality though. Yeah. Hot, hot rod, Charlie, Chris, I totally see where you're coming from with him. Uh, uh, I think a dark horse in here is the nine, Max Plyer. Somehow it seems like Steve Asmussen found uh, the, the the magic solution in how this horse has turned around. He used to be a deep closer. Now he's put some speed into him. Uh, he's, he's actually improved off of uh, the LASIK after uh, coming back from uh, – you know the, the Saudi Cup debacle. Uh, maybe maybe he's a horse uh, uh, at the right time, even though his his Frisat number did go down uh, off of that. And, you know the the argument is uh, he he didn't he, you know where where is Mystic Guide in, in that race? <laughs> I mean Happy Saver, well, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, you know for a price. Yeah, I I'd look to to Max Player as being a, a player. I you know a lot of times I, I rib you GQ and all, but I like Max Player a lot. I, I just think the other two are better, and I think you think essential quality is better. But if I was betting this race vertically, I haven't decided yet. Um, definitely three four on top for me, probably in the one two spot even. But Max Player is a horse I would definitely use. Uh, he's probably my third choice here. I just don't want to go three deep, but I'm not against Max Player at all. And I don't know if you said it sarcastically or almost like putting them down, but the horses he ran against, Happy Saver, Mystic Guide, I mean, even Forza Diora, I think these are actually pretty good horses. I sure. think they're better than a lot of the other horses have been running against. So, um, you know, I think they're better than the horses the Knicks go run against, believe it or not. So, um, yeah, you can tell me Independence Hall came back to win. He came back to win because he was a lone speed in a race and a speed favoring track. So I'm not a huge Independence Hall guy against a weaker. Um, so, I'm all about the three, four essential quality, hot rod, Charlie. I can't make my decision. Chris likes the same. He's on hot rod, Charlie GQ likes essential quality. Thinks max player is an outside chance or has a chance. And I agree. Max player is, is a player here. Just not as good as the top two. Chris, what else do you want to add? Go for it. Yep. So, um, you know, in my, I'm going to play in a uh, trifecta in this race. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have in the top two spots with three and four, but of course I'm going to press the three on top of the four. But I'm going to be using two long shots to run second or third to get the number. And they're both based out here in California. Number one, Tripoli. So Tripoli won this year's Pacific Classic, but he won with a very good trip because that was a day when the inside was absolutely golden. And, and Tiago Pereira gave that horse a marvelous ride, riding the rail throughout, and then winged by a length and by almost two lengths going towards the wire. But it was actually the last race, the awesome again, that I really liked this horse. Because that was, like I said, October 2nd was a day that it was an intense inside speed favorite racetrack. Baffert had two horses in that race. He had Adidas Spirit who went gate to wire, and he had a long shot by the name of Azul Coast. <coughs> Azul Coast played linebacker for Medina Spirit because he kept Tripoli four to five wide every single step of the way. And thank goodness, you know, Tripoli, he tried his heart out around the far turn and into the mid-stretch. And then he finally gave way late. He now he goes from the outside to the inside against Irad Ortiz. Tiago, nothing wrong against Tiago, but if you can get Irad Ortiz and you know you get saving ground, 
I'll take that any day of the week. So Tripoli for one is the horse I'll use, you know, underneath as well as Express Train. Express Train has had bad trips. DQ, <coughs> where's the emergency room? <laughs> Call Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get we almost order. made it. An I, I hour never and 40 minutes in. I've sat it. Chris, never Chris, seen... Go ahead. Chris did a good job. He, 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 he was fast from the gate, held his position, and just uh, faded in the last furlough. I think I saw him just chug 24, gall- 24 ounces of tea, a whole thing of Robitussin, and I don't know what else he was popping there, but... All right, he made it through. Are you good, Chris? Hopefully, yeah, I'm hopefully. Good. You know what? You know what that was actually. That was that was the heavens above us. Chris made a great point on Tripoli, a horse who I like too. Then he started talking about Express Train, and he was embarrassing <laughs> himself a little. So they're like, "Let's shut him up. Let's make him cough so he doesn't talk yeah. about Express Train." But go ahead, Chris. Tell us why Express yeah. Train, who doesn't really have a shot, has a shot. Yeah, two consecutive bad races. Loves Del Mar, and if he just gets a better trip today, and I think he might be, he can win. But if you're looking for a horse to come in third or fourth underneath, he's the horse I'll use. He's going to be like 30 to one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I like, I'm not just saying it. I actually, I do like Triple E for the reason you said last night. It, everything you said is spot on. Two back, he had that perfect trip last race. He had a, a extremely difficult, challenging trip. Plus he had a, no offense to your California riders, but uh, you get one of the biggest uh, upgrades. And I don't know much about Tiago Pereira, even if he's a good rider out there, it's nothing like I read. So that can't hurt. Getting the one post can't hurt. So um, definitely, you know, again, I don't think he's as good as the top two, but after the three, four, the way I would play this race is I would put the three and four, essential quality, hot run, Charlie first and second, three, four with three, four. And then in supers, I would go one, nine in the next spot. And then one, nine in the fourth spot. And I might add a few horses. I'm against our collector. Now, I've been wrong about Art Collector. I was against him last time, so maybe he'll do something, but I've been against Art Collector. I just feel he's up on soft paces. I'm very against Medina Spirit, who I think was up on a very soft pace and bias aided last time as well. And I just, I don't think he's as good as these horses personally. I just think off the medication or whatever they're hiding, he's uh, even with it, he's not as good. So I'm against him. Oh, and listen, Nick's go does scare me. That's the one horse I'm scared about. Other than the four we mentioned, the only one I'm worried about coming in the trifecta really is uh is nick's go but um you know at a short price um i'm okay taking a swing against hopefully he gets eaten up in a pace stool and the mile and a quarter is a little far for him although it probably won't be but i'm hoping it is chris gq before we wrap up our two hour uh extravaganza here you guys have anything you want to uh finish up with on this race or just in general yeah breeder breeder's cup uh prop bob baffert one and a half wins over or under He's only he's got four horses. Four yeah, well, well on, on Saturday. He's got four, like even three even money shots, doesn't he? With life is good and Gamine. are those his? Life is good. Oh, life is good is Pletcher now, right? No, life is good is, is now Pletcher. So he's got Gamine and Medina Spirit, um private mission. I forget who the other one is. Well, I don't he know. He has two I, on Friday. Yeah, I don't think he has a few on Friday because he has like three in the same race. I think Barossa, Cornish, and maybe another one with a T. Right. But well, I'm, um, I'm just talking Saturday. But, well, listen, but obviously, we're we're against Gamine, but I think we all know Gamine. Well, maybe Chris is very against him, but her, but Gamine can obviously win. I, I don't think the other two, uh, you know, Medina Spirit, I don't think right. is winning in the other one. So I'd have to see the other horse. I don't know offhand who the uh, fourth horse is. Four, six, eight, ten, and twelve. If you guys want to talk, I'll look it up in the meantime. But. Yeah. Um, or just have dead air. Thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. I, race four or race six? Race six it is. So who's race six? Or is it race four before the Breeders' Cup? 
<laughs> no, that's good. Means four. So it's race six. Whoever's in race six for Baffert. Um, it's a, it's a mile. Oh, oh eight that's ring. The, eight ring. So, oh, yeah. I don't like eight rings. Oh, eight rings. Yeah, no shot. Gamine could win would be one, and then possibly I don't really like. So, so mission, the thing I would is, go is under one saying, and a half. I go under a half, but I go under one and a half. Under. Ooh, you you'd get plus money with Gamine. You'd probably get like plus two fifty for under a half. Now, when he's arrested for using like S, if he's arrested, I don't want to get in trouble. Hypothetically, if he's arrested for using SPF one thousand, which isn't tested for. And his horses get disqualified a year from now. Do I win the bet if uh, if it is over? Oh, everybody's still waiting to for to f- figure out who the official winner of the Kentucky Derby was this yep. year. <laughs> um, no, uh, the fact is in the history of the Breeders' Cup, which started in two thousand, uh, not two thousand. I'm sorry, <laughs> 1984, 1984, uh, No horse has ever been uh, disqualified due to a positive test. So, like that, not going to start. Didn't uh, one of the California sprinters, like Peter Miller's horse or something like that? I could have sworn. No, it was masochistic for Von Ellis yeah. in 2016. Oh, yeah. that's right. Positive. Yeah. yeah, was it? Was like he administered a steroid to to a horse, and then you know it, it. He gave it a little bit like close to the deadline, and then they disqualified him on the purse. That's what it was. All right, you guys. I, I stand corrected. All right. You guys good? Because we wrap it up now. We're under two hours, I think, and it'll look better than over two. So we're all nah, let's just keep talking and make it over two hours. Uh, now, I'm, I'm done. By now. Uh, everybody enjoy the Breeders' Cup. Got Chris, glad to see that you're back. Uh, keep drinking the tea and honey. Uh, good luck. Uh, you're going to actually attend. So I, I didn't see too many face masks today when I was watching uh, Del Mar, but uh, they oh, might no. have a- they, they, they may have a wanted poster up on uh, at Domar. If you, uh, you know, security guards, if you see this man come, coming in, do, do not allow him without proof of uh, um, tea and honey and Ricola. Call <laughs> nah, you know, uh, I, I kid. Uh, thanks a lot, Chris, for your insight. I, I appreciate it. Every time you're on, you, you, you give a great uh, uh handicapping angle and and great uh horses to look for so uh best of luck uh, to you and thanks again for coming on with us no problem thanks gq thanks eric hey everyone it's the breeders cup you don't have to bet stupid just bet smart please <laughs> amen on on those notes we'll bid you adieu good luck enjoy the weekend and we'll talk to you next week take care all